Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And today on the show, episode zero of season two, if you read the episode title, you already know all the things I'm about to say. We're talking about the first Mass Effect game with two of our very good friends and hosts of Into the Aether, Brendan Bigley and Stephen Hilger. Yay. Hello. Thanks for having Hi. me. Hi. Kim. Very honored <laughs> to be here. Thanks for joining us, guys. Welcome to the show, gang. We've been on a uh, Skype call for 25 minutes already, so the energy is high. (laughs) (laughs) But let's, uh, before we get into the mass effect of it all, before we head to space, we have a quick, a fun, quick little announcement to make. (gasps) A little announcement or a big announcement, AJ? A big announcement. Maybe the worst announcement. (laughs) Oh, man. Mm -mm. Cancel it. Cancel the whole podcast. (laughs) Kim, did you want to tell us the announcement? Oh, that's right. It was me. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, we are very excited to announce that we're joining the TWG network. Yay! Uh, Super excited. Uh, We have been teasing a big announcement in the Discord, (laughs) in the asynchronous Discord for a while now, Uh um, causing a lot of very interesting speculation about what that would be. (laughs) Um, What are people speculating? (laughs) Um... They, the people were t- talking about what they think the second game what is going to be. Yeah, what they think the next uh, game is going to uh, be. I caused a stir the other night by uh, posting a tweet that was, I forget what the account is called, but it's like it's like a bot that just like, it, is it like make time for games? Oh, take time for called? games. Yeah, yeah, take yeah. Take time for games. Um, and there was one that was like, start a podcast about Fire Emblem. <laughs> and I posted that in, in our Discord and people thought that that was like a hint about the announcement. Like we were going full Fire Emblem. <laughs> oh my like, God, no. imagine though. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. disabuse you all of that notion immediately. Um, that would be very powerful though to be like, we're catching up with this game. Never mind. We are this game. We're <laughs> right. going to keep going. Yeah. Six Hard houses. Pivot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this is one of the big announcements. I feel like all stars are aligning. It, yeah. it, it makes sense. Frog of the Week, TWG, mm-hmm. Into the Aether, TWG, mm-hmm. Asynchronous, exactly. and Natural Fit. Very excited to have you. So Synergy. Uh, so that'll be Synergist for one. And two, I believe <laughs> you'll also get a channel in uh-huh. uh, the TWG Discord. So really yeah. not too much is changing. They'll just be like a new channel. <laughs> yeah, we're going to move from, uh, I mean, most of the people in the Asynchronous Discord right now are from TWG. So if right. anything, you get to have one less server to look at in your Discord. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One less server and a, a spiritual harmony. Yes, so, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So very excited about it. Thank you both for having us. Thank yeah. you for making a Thank great you. show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, it's really exciting. I, I think um, TWG is is uh, constantly evolving and has been evolving for a long time. And that's been very fun and cool and exciting. Shows join, shows grow out of it, shows leave and uh, you know, and uh, it, it's exciting to have a new show whenever uh, one comes along that feels like a good fit, which this one very obviously is, which is exciting. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's Thanks. been fun to to be a part of it. So yeah, yeah. Looking forward to more. All right, it's shepherd time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. AJ, Please. if you let your guard down for a fucking second, here come three basically astronauts that are going to scream at you about fictional space romance. Yeah, I mean, but before you start screaming, can I just give my my very brief history with the game? No. Please. Yes, no. <laughs> I was about to say no too. No. <laughs> 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 Oh <laughs> it's like in Skyrim and all the gray beards are like, whoa, all over you. Yeah. Stand in the middle of this room and let us scream yeah. at you. Ah! 
Oh That's how you join TWG. This is the first time we're sharing it with everyone. Oh man! <laughs> so uh, my brief so your experience, my yes. brief history. Yeah, I think um, I've tried to play the game one time. I think in 2014 or so, uh, I got the PC version in a humble bundle sale. I think for like 2.99 or whatever. Nice. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll try this out because I know a lot of people like this game. I don't have a lot of friends who have played it. I don't think, or at least haven't like evangelized about it on their podcast that they have because it was 2013. Who the fuck had a podcast? Um, <laughs> sorry, not a single um, person. They hadn't been invented yet. Also, I think at that time the trilogy had like pretty much just concluded. So like yeah. it, it was, it was an interesting time for yeah. like just conversations about that game. Yeah. So I, um, so I started playing it. Uh, I got to the Citadel, right? That's like the, the hub area mm-hmm. thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got there. I did some running around. I talked to some people in a bar, I think. And then I just, mm-hmm. it just wasn't working for me. It just like wasn't sure. clicking. And I think it was just like, uh, I mean, Kim and I had talked a little bit about this, but I think the biggest thing was like, I have seen other games like since Mass Effect that have done what Mass Effect is is attempting to do here or like is is doing for the first time or whatever. I've seen other games ha- that have done this better, Um, just like in terms of like just like mechanically and like the way that people move around and stuff and the shooting and whatnot. And like like all that stuff was I have seen better done better in other games. I get what you're talking about. I, S- Steven has uh, the <laughs> yes, wide Steven. eyes that he usually has when he's about to attack. Uh, so let, let me yeah, yeah. let me jump in the way so he doesn't kill yeah. you immediately. I, I know right. where you're coming from, specifically because even. Even in the Legendary Edition, I think it's really noticeable. And are you going to be playing the Legendary Edition? Is that the idea? Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I, ha- I bought the Legendary Edition uh, a week before it came to Game Pass. I was like, I felt like a fool. Oh, uh, well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something you'll want to have. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. You'll, you'll be happy to have it. Um, yeah. Even in the Legendary Edition, it's very noticeable. Even between one and two, but considering you're only playing one, I think it, it, it's worth considering that like For now. all of the animations for yeah. all of the civilians in the Citadel and everything. Like, they are very basic still. They haven't really updated the animations. They sure. haven't really updated a whole lot about, like, the actual feeling of being in the world outside of what was already there. It just looks a lot nicer is kind of mm-hmm. the only difference. But they haven't updated anything in terms of, like, people don't have new lines of dialogue. People don't look like sure. they're more naturally inhabiting an environment. So I definitely get where you're coming from. Like, there are other games. The Witcher, for example, I think is one that everybody will point to. Like, that world feels very alive. Even more recent Assassin's Creed games feel more alive in that way mm. um and that's a thing that is very noticeable about the jump even from mass effect one to two because in two they clearly had like a much much bigger budget to mm. invest in things like that that make the world feel more lived in uh, than the first one does i think the first one is remarkable in how well it works considering how stiff a lot of the people who inhabit that world feel um sure. mainly due to like really great writing and really great creature design but yeah i, I definitely get where you're coming from in that sense yeah i even though i i had weird uh venom in my eyes i feel like uh <laughs> You you basically stopped right where I would tell most people to like play until you get a little past this. Yeah. Like truly, but not even just to say that. Like yeah. Mass Effect 1 in general, while it has moments of brilliance and is an incredible game, you're not going to get like why people are so in love with the series until really you've experienced the trilogy. Sure. Like, I think the, the thing that we really focused on in our, our bonus about this with uh, Tamar Hussein from GameSpot is that like it really is a singular experience to go through one like the experience of going from one game to the next is something that you can't really describe until mm-hmm. you've done it yourself. Like it, it really is 
like that level of authorship, even if you go on YouTube and you just watch everything that could happen, just the act of being like, this is my shepherd. These are the choices I've made. And that's mm-hmm. going to carry through an entire trilogy. That's also just really good on a surface level is yeah. really magical. So I'm very excited for you to experience that for the first time. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely very excited to play through the whole game. And I'm sure like like you, you said, I stopped right before it like starts getting yeah, all you've really experienced is like Ashley saying, I don't like aliens. Right. So that's like... <laughs> yeah. And Caden going like, wow, clouds. So I don't, I don't blame you for being like, Big not for place. me right now. Yeah. Witcher 3 just came out. I'm not wasting my time. With these two. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think uh, I think that the experience of playing from one into two AJ is the point where you're going to realize like, oh, this is why people mm. are like really into the this trilogy. <laughs> but I think that Mass Effect one will my hope is that you will find the fun in that singularly because mm. there are some really amazing things going on uh, gameplay wise, like mm. like story wise. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to explain because like I, I did not play these games when they first came out, as I have said, like multiple times, I started with Legendary Edition. I had like no experience or really I knew like nothing about the trilogy before that and now looking back at like the first game I have a weird nostalgia for it because it feels like Mm -hmm. a game from whatever 2007 or whenever it came out and it's weird to like retroactively have that nostalgia not Mm -hmm. having played it back then but it does have this kind of like uh, warm fuzzy like oh yeah this was like back when when it was a lot more simple so hopefully (laughs) that (laughs) that feeling will will still make it a fun and enjoyable experience for you. I know that there are things that you aren't going to like, though, <gasps> which maybe leads what? into your one of your questions. Yeah, one of my questions um, is, <laughs> what stuff won't I like? <laughs> combat. Um, just like, like, yeah, it's the combat. Is that? That's my guess. So the thing about Mass Effect overall is that kind of like Three Houses, the game is sort of divided into two halves, I would Mm, say, where like half the game is very relationship focused. Like half the game is literally like going back to your ship, the Normandy, talking to your crew, getting to know them as people. Um, And that more directly connects with gameplay in two and three. Um, But in one, it still very much is present. It feels like in one, they kind of found out that was what people liked and then focused on it more later on. Mm. But pretty much even though the combat gets way better, you're still going to be there for the story and for the characters. So the combat in one definitely was a little bit like it has not held up. Legendary Edition does like all three games are largely untouched, but one Mm. they made the most changes to specifically with the gameplay. So like it feels way better than it did originally. And there's some quality of life stuff that might not mean anything to you now. But like, for example, in original Mass Effect 1, only certain classes could use certain weapons. In Legendary Edition, you can just use any weapon you want. Mm. And just certain classes will be able to upgrade that weapon. So this is a little stuff like that that does like, make it just play better but i think that like in one i would say like the combat like you'll probably just have to like muscle through but i don't really think it's like bad enough to like get in the way or to be like a major caveat the other thing too is that like know that this is the first game in a trilogy so the characters are going to get more interesting later on the only character who like shows up and is ready for the spotlight is rex who you will fall in love with immediately. Yeah, I've already fallen in love with Rex and I've never yeah. even met him in the game. Um, so. Rex is fantastic. Every, everything else like takes a little bit of time. But as, as Kim was saying before, the irony of like us setting you up this way is like Mass Effect 1 is still an incredible game. It's only by being in direct compare.
comparison to two and three yeah that it comes with this like and on compared to any other game it's like a masterpiece but compared to like two <laughs> literal masterpieces it's like this is like the good one <laughs> yeah so so that's what i would say yeah, yeah. the I, I think that's one of the other things that becomes extremely stark when you're jumping from one to two is the way the combat feels. I, I will say that uh, for me, knowing in advance, like you now do, that the combat in one is not as strong as it is in two. It's interesting because they're going after two different kind of like mechanical styles. And I think you'll appreciate that when you get there. But mm. the first one, knowing going in that it wasn't going to be as strong as the following ones, I actually just threw it on its easiest difficulty and just kind of flew through combat. And it really just ended up being a game where I got to enjoy the story more than anything. And then okay. when I hit two, I was like, well, I've played this entire game on easy mode. Maybe I should just keep doing that into two. And then two was actually mechanically like so much more interesting, I think, from a combat perspective that I threw it back into normal mode and actually got to engage with it. And it felt a lot more fun mm. in that sense. So if you find yourself in a situation where you're like, I am experiencing this gunplay in a way that's making me think I will not finish this game for the podcast. Yeah. Throw it into the easiest difficulty. Don't feel bad about it at all. There are so many other things about Mass Effect 1 that are worth engaging with. And the combat doesn't need to be like front and center in that sense. I, I'm more interested in how you feel about Rex and Ashley and Caden than <laughs> sure. I am about how you feel about using a sniper rifle in Mass Effect 1. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. also would say the other caveat is like this game, the side quests are a little bit repetitive. Like they're all kind of copied and pasted other mm -hmm. than a few. So don't feel too pressured to do all of them. Like I would say like only really do the side quests that are tied to a character you care about. Otherwise you can skip them because the game itself, if you mainline it, this is like under 20 hours. It's a pretty mm -hmm. short game. Yeah, it is really compared short. to the other mm -hmm. two. So that's what I would say. Yeah. On that note, I do think there are some side quests in the Citadel that I think are interesting. They're more sort of like conversation based. Where oh, yeah. You're just sort of yeah. like, I, I think that those quests are really fun for like world building. Um, it sort of gives you a great sense of of what the galaxy is like uh, in Mass Effect, which I think is one of the the kind of incredible things about this game in particular but also the trilogy as a whole is like i think the world building's incredible oh yeah i am i am someone for whom like lore and all, all that kind of like world building stuff, politics and whatever, that stuff just goes over my head most mm. of the time. I'm like, I don't want to pay attention to this at all. <laughs> and and like, you know, when when games or, or any piece of media is like throwing out all of these like random ass names of fictional places and people that I'm supposed to mm. sort of figure out what they are. I'm like, fuck this. But Mass Effect <laughs> is incredible at just slowly leaving you these these little breadcrumbs of like, here's mm -hmm. the absolute minimum that you need to know to understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, yeah. And so for me, I found I organically became like a, an expert on this this world, this mm. uh, galaxy, just by sort of playing through the game. And if you want more, there is a um, like a compendium. What do they call it? The Codex, I think. The, the yeah. Codex, mm, yeah. where uh, you can, you know, read more in depth about different species or different technology or, you know, all of the, the different parts of, of the galaxy. But like you don't need to. I didn't do that at all <laughs> the first time I played. And I still got to the end of Mass Effect 3 feeling like I understood the history um, mm, and yeah. the, the relationships between these different species and worlds and 
Um, it's something that I think they do incredibly well. And mm. I think it's something that you in particular are really going to enjoy, AJ. Yeah. I do remember thinking while playing the game for the bonus episode, just to be clear, playing uh, Legendary Edition was also my first time playing Mass Effect. Um, I had tried playing two at one point and kind of bounced off of it. Um, so Legendary Edition was my first time going all the way through, specifically for the bonus episode. And I remember thinking to myself at the time, I just spent two and a half hours reading the codex and that can't <laughs> be a thing that I do or else I won't ah. finish these games in time for Sure. Um, so I think yeah. spacing it out where you're just focusing on Mass Effect 1 in this case might actually allow you to engage with that side of things if you want, because I've heard it's great, mm. but I've only experienced a little bit of it in that mm. sense. This and Hades are the only games where I've actively read the codex and like felt like that was a worthwhile investment, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because Hades has the benefit of being written from a character's perspective, which is very interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this game, like, this game does a great job, like Kim was saying, of just like showing you really interesting factions and like moments in this galaxy's history that will give, again, you'll get what you need to know, but then you could dig deeper if you want. Mm. Um, if you want to know about Solarian's metabolism, for example, <laughs> boy, do they have info on it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> to circle back to your question about what you won't like, I think the answer is not much outside of combat, to be okay. totally honest. Yeah. Um, oh, because even, yeah. The, even the rougher edges of Mass Effect 1 that people have complained about in the past, I would say almost all of them, if not all of them, have been sanded off in Legendary mm -hmm. Edition. They really did focus really hard on making sure that that game feels good to get through so you can get to the great stuff. I will say the equipment menu sucks. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> the that's equipment menu rough. is yeah. terrible. <laughs> but I, that is such a minor thing thing uh in in the grand scheme of the game especially mm. if you're playing on like easy mode just to kind of like get through the combat you are not going to have to engage with it at all but it's just like what this is so unintuitive <laughs> why did you do this, this way? <laughs> um but again so minor yeah i don't think this is a game that you have to be really like prepared for at all like sure. i think it will kind of melt over you sure pretty easily yeah. And I think that was like my biggest thing when I first tried to play it. It was just like I didn't. Oh, man, I think maybe it was like 2016. So also maybe the fifth Metal Gear Solid was on its way. So I think maybe <laughs> I was like, maybe I'll just replay all the Metal Gear Solid games instead of <laughs> playing the rest of Mass Effect. It, it's it's uh, a big ask. You have to be in the right mindset for it, I think, too. It's like this will be what you're playing for a while. Right. You know, even though they're not like each game is is a respectable length like to, together it's going to be like 100 hours sure so but it really will kind of like demand your full attention and it will probably be all you're thinking about for like months if you're like me mm. Sam, I if you don't mind me sharing my yeah. my experience with it was I actually got two first. I bought two used like two years after it had come out. Okay, um, so this is like 2011, 2012, and I played two. And up until Legendary Edition, I actually I would like I would have told people like you could probably start with two, and then if you really love it, like go back and do one through three. I do not recommend that anymore. But in my <laughs> foolish youth, because <laughs> two like it is is somewhat of a self contained story amidst mm. the trilogy so like you can you can definitely pick up the pieces but you definitely lose a lot but regardless i fell in love with it and then three came out like a few months after i had played two um and then i went back and did the whole thing and uh it's become one of my favorite games ever since yeah so mm. but it was weird like having no one to talk to about it because I had played two <laughs> years after it came out. So even people who like played it were like, yeah, it was good. Get over it. Like, <laughs> and then when three came out, it was a fucking nightmare because everyone was like, the ending ruined my life. <laughs> I, I, I'm so grateful to like get this second chance to like talk about it in a way that was nice. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's my, that's my overall spark notes with the <laughs> trilogy. Nice. Yeah. It is, it is wild to play the whole trilogy 
all these years after all of that discourse and be like, I don't know what y'all are talking about. This is amazing. Like, just <laughs> yeah, to have sidestepped all of that is really it's very telling that like even people who were like kind of like because without saying too much, the ending of three was very controversial at yeah, the time. Yeah. And it's still a mixed thing. Like, I don't think it's great. They, yeah. There were people in the discord who were like, oh, that was like not the best. But X, Y and Z, I felt like. It, it definitely doesn't undo the trilogy. Yeah, so, well, Tam, you know. Tam said in the episode, said that much in the episode of like, if, if you're going to discount this entire hundred hours that you just spent playing this game because you didn't mm-hmm. like the ending of the last game, like, yeah, what are you doing? Unless it ends where Shepard wakes up and goes like, what a weird dream. Right. And then walks into <laughs> and then four races your save file. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then overdrafts your account. Like, that would be a shit. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, great. Well, good. Thanks. <laughs> You're going to hate the overdraft fees. Of <laughs> pad, pad that bank account now. Yeah. Um, Freeze your credit before yeah. you start this. <laughs> um, Hi, me- TD Bank. I'm uh, calling you preemptively. <laughs> Sorry, Mass Effect. We're one step ahead of you. Yeah. We get this all the time. Don't talk to the Hanar preacher. He's going to fucking steal your identity. This one has your social security number. Um, <laughs> sorry. You'll get that in a oh, few weeks. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for you to get that, AJ. <laughs> okay. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, yeah. Can I ask, AJ, you... Have you? Did you edit the the Mass Effect bonus for Aether? I did edit the Mass Effect bonus for Aether. I did. Yeah. At this point, AJ hears us like a adults and peanuts like. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> he like yeah, knows, I feel like you like, can only hear ums and uhs, and you don't hear any content. <laughs> <laughs> well, at a certain point, at a certain point, with especially with the bonus episodes, since they're so long, like as I get toward the end of the episode, my audition starts to slow down. So every time I cut something, it goes from like mid sentence to like uh, uh, to like the middle of a next sentence, and like I just this is nothing anymore. I'm literally. Just so yeah, all you heard was like Garrus, 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 Garrus. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I even think even if you know certain spoilers, uh, it doesn't ruin the experience at all. Yeah. I don't think at all. Because um, there's also enough deviation. Good. Like, it's going to be mm-hmm. your story depending on what you do. So yeah. yeah. It's hard to spoil it directly. Yeah, and I've I've described myself in the past as spoiler agnostic, where like whatever i don't i don't really care about spoilers at all because if a game or a piece of media or whatever can be discounted just by knowing like what the twist is like then i just don't generally think it's a very good piece of media so like knowing whatever twists and i don't even think i remember any of them from mass effect like i'm a hundred percent sure there's stuff in between all of that stuff that i'm gonna Mm -hmm. love and not be like oh i can't believe i knew that you know i don't know garris actually had human feet it was all shepherd's dream and then he overdrafts your account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I think that uh, the joy in those moments is not like reveals anyway. It's just the right. experience of seeing how uh how you've played your shepherd up mm. to that point led to the outcome that you get is is just organically so good. Yeah. Um yeah. that I don't think it matters. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And like three houses, the the heart of it is the downtime with your yeah. with your crew. Sure. Like I would say that the A plot of Mass Effect is definitely more interesting than the A plot of Three Houses. Sure. One hundred percent. Yes. Like Three Houses almost like purposely puts all that in the background. So you're like just chilling with Hilda. Whereas <laughs> in Mass Effect, I think they complement each other better. Cause it's like that's good. What's happening in the galaxy informs what's happening between people and smaller moments yeah. in a way that's really beautiful and yeah. kind of sad as well. I'm, I'm glad so. to hear you compare it to three houses. Cause in the, in the small conversations Kim and I have had about mass effect there, we've are obviously drawn comparisons to three houses of like how, you know, how stuff. There works. are a lot. There, there are, are. 
weirdly, because this this when I played Mass Effect Two for the first time, mm. it was my first time experiencing a game as an adult that like brought me the same joy. Like I mentioned this on Into the Aether before, but up until playing Mass Effect Two, I started to doubt if like that kind of feeling of inspiration I got from games as a kid was purely nostalgia. Mm. And if that could happen again, then playing Mass Effect 2, I was like, oh yeah, it's back. (laughs) And that was really wonderful. I think a lot of that is just, especially for the time, Mass Effect was really figuring out what games could do unique to themselves to tell a story and the level of authorship over choices and also just like the experience of focusing on relationships Mm. um, and how that informs the game. That was the first time i experienced that dynamic and that remains like an element in some of my favorite games of all time like three houses like persona um i really like when games allow for a player's genuine interest in certain people or places like actually benefits the experience in some mechanical way or yeah. some narrative way yeah and i think that's a thing that like i really hadn't really played games that like functions like that really until three houses so i think yeah i i think having played three houses where like that is like the the main thrust of the game is like getting to know your students and like how their stories intertwine and stuff i think has kind of primed me to like want to put in the time or whatever to like have whatever conversations at the citadel with you know garris or whatever um so i'm 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 happy for that and i'm i'm excited i feel like you're on the exact same path i have been on when doing (laughs) into the aether at this point because i feel like three houses also was kind of like the my eyes opened kind of moment for Mm. like entire genres and ideas in (laughs) game mechanics and what I like and dislike in games. And all I'm trying to say is I'm excited for like two years from now when you do a Chrono Trigger season, that's going to be really fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, I'm happy to be your Virgil into space hell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Time of recording. uh, I just finished editing the Chrono Trigger into the Aether bonus episode. So this is rather fresh. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any other questions, AJ? Uh, yes. Yeah, no, sorry. Um, yeah. Just uh, the one. What, what am I going to fucking hate? What am I going to hate? <laughs> no, I mean, you've kind of answered. My, my other question was like, are there any side missions you would like really push me to go towards? Oh, Steven, yeah. You Steven kind has of, a whole list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I would say in specifically Mass Effect 1, definitely do whatever Rex asks you to do. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm hesitant to say anything else. I want you to have your own experience. And like, sure. even if like, like I know Steven, me having played the trilogy many times, had to prevent certain things from going badly. Yeah. But like a good father, I need to let you make your own mistakes. Because <laughs> if I tell you like how to avoid that, I don't think it's going to be enjoyable. I think it's good if you good or bad, it's going to be your story. And it's better right. to just experience that than to okay. like follow a guide per se. But okay. in Mass Effect 1, definitely Rex. Yeah. In 2, just do everything. Like in 2, like... <laughs> And two, the side quests are designed to be as important as the main story for the most part. Yeah. There are a couple DLC missions that you could potentially skip, but overall, like Mass Effect 2 is designed around what they call loyalty missions for your crew. Mm. And like you will want to do everyone's. Like that won't really mm. be an ask. Like you'll just do that. Okay. And you might not even realize that those were optional. It yeah. just feels <laughs> integral. And cool. three, I know that's jumping ahead a bit because you're only doing one, but I'm <laughs> I'm who I am. And three <laughs> Uh, there's a hidden clock they don't tell you about. So in three, if you put off certain missions, they'll be like, oops, you've, you took too long. Bye oh, bye. okay. Uh, so it's actually worth, basically my rule of thumb in three is if it says priority next to the mission, you mm. can do those whenever. It's a it's a false alarm. 
Priority missions are the main quests that will okay. advance the story. Okay. Every other mission potentially has the option of like failing if you don't do it fast enough. So okay. that might be something where you might want to look at a guide as to like which missions are like time sensitive. Yeah. Because that's the kind of thing where like you may not be able to save everyone and you won't. <gasps> but you can at least make an informed decision of like, okay, I, since I know this could possibly happen, because in the other games, like, you can kind of do whatever you want. That being said, my last piece of advice, yes. in Mass Effect 1 and 2, there are missions that are like the point of no return. Oh, in okay. 1, I believe it's Vermeer. Like once you do Vermeer, you're kind of on a you're track kind of towards in. the end. Yeah. So if you want to do side okay. quests, do it before Vermeer. And in okay. 2, it's the Reaper IFF mission. So do everything you want to do before those two. Yeah, that's, that's I'll, I'll say uh, Stephen gave me that same advice before I played Mass Effect 1. I did not listen to him about Rex. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, and uh, skin of my teeth made it through some stuff that happens. Ooh. So I didn't do the wreck stuff, and it still worked out positively for me. But it it can all go south. Uh, is, is all <laughs> I'll say. Uh, the other thing that I'd say is there was one piece of DLC for Mass Effect One that was called Bring Down the Sky, and I actually would absolutely recommend doing it. I I think that that is one of the more interesting side stories that happens in Mass Effect One. Of all the stuff in Mass Effect One. That is like main plot specific. I think Bring Down the Sky is actually like maybe one of the most interesting pieces of side content possible, which I'm glad considering it was DLC at one point. People had to pay for it. But uh, now you <laughs> yeah. you got it all. So uh, I mean, the DLC is all just kind of naturally woven into the game. Yeah. So you won't even really like you'll be surprised, especially once you get to three. You'll be surprised and retroactively pissed at what was <laughs> DLC. <laughs> um, well, I um, like, I remember yeah. when three first. Came, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to no, say no, it just in case it. you're about to say it. I remember when three came out. It was like one of the first games with day one DLC. And mm -hmm. I remember people being pissed about it. A yes. major character, <laughs> a major character who if I'm not going to tell you who it is, I want you to guess when you okay. get to three <laughs> yeah. who was DLC. And you're going to be shocked by the answer. Oh, my God. It's essentially like if I made Luigi DLC. <laughs> <laughs> in, okay. in like Mario Kart or okay. Mario Party. Okay. There's also yeah. like a major mission that grounds the entire story yes. <laughs> of the entire trilogy mm -hmm. that was DLC in Jeez 3. Louise. It is wild to me. But now you got them all, so <laughs> at least there's That's that. Good. A lot of the post-3 DLC, like the after launch, a lot of those missions, like I think retroactively have completed the trilogy in a very meaningful way. Yeah. Mm. I wish they were created under better circumstances, but like <laughs> Citadel and Leviathan are both like a plus material and two like has really great missions as well. There are just like one or two DLC missions in two that are kind of like off from the rest of it. But the thing that's interesting too, is like you almost see the history of DLC happening in real time mm -hmm. when you play those games. Cause like the idea of DLC was still very new in Mass Effect one and two. Right. And in three, they just were straight up like trying to get away with charging for stuff that was on the disc. Um, so it's <laughs> right. very alarming. But thankfully, you got it all now. You got it all, kid. That's good. <laughs> I'm glad. Talking about like side missions and stuff sort of brings up one of the things that I kind of wanted to to discuss, which is um, and I think it's less relevant for this game, but more so going forward is AJ. I'm curious about to what extent you kind of want to just play the game organically yeah, and make the decisions that feel right to you at the time or make decisions that you're, you know, if you're role playing a shepherd a bit, like what, what you think they would do, mm. you know, without kind of trying to plan out a 
a particular outcome uh, or if you're interested in like, well, I, I care about these characters and it might be something that like comes up organically as we are playing. Um, But I'm curious what you think about that for like what you want for your own experience. And I'm also curious how uh, Brandon and Steven, what they think is, is the right way to do that for, Mm. or not the right way, but like what will be the most interesting way for your first playthrough? Mm. Because as we as we are playing, I'm like I could guide you certain ways. Um, in particular for for three, I mean we've already sort of hinted at the Rex thing, which is probably one of the big ones. But um, a, another thing that's relevant for for this game is sort of after that that citadel point that you hit in in your first playthrough once you get through that that part of the main quest the map sort of opens up and there are three main story missions that you can do in any order mm. and i depending on what order you do you can get interesting dialogue one way or another so i i'm just sort mm. of uh interested in hearing what it is that that you think you want out of the experience and and if brendan and steven have any thoughts on that i have strong feelings but i want to hear aj's first okay my first instinct was to kind of just like to 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 set like you know this episode we'll talk about this story mission and then other stuff that i do or you know these story missions whatever Mm -hmm. and then anything else that i do like side mission wise or whatever i i would rather just do based on my feelings uh like how i'm feeling in that moment about those characters or whether i'm role-playing a shepherd or whatever but you bring up something i didn't know was a thing which is like the the three missions having Mm -hmm. separate dialogue but i think it's really just i i I would i would rather i want to go into this game and play it how i would play it i don't want to like change it for the show unless it's going to like really really impact the conversation or something mm-hmm. um so i think that's that's kind of basically where i'm coming from okay <laughs> steven brendan your thoughts i'll, yeah. I'll go really quick because sure. I, I brendan i know feels strongly i would say like yeah i would say for your first playthrough play as close to yourself as possible yeah. like do what you would do the game has two moral alignment systems paragon mm-hmm. or renegade mm-hmm. and one thing that is kind of worth knowing is that as you take paragon or renegade actions or you say paragon or renegade things you are gaining points in those alignments okay that will unlock unique dialogue options so mm-hmm. in really key moments there will be decisions you can make that are potentially locked off if you don't have high enough paragon or renegade okay. which actually is like one of my main gripes with the trilogy is Same. that they like almost whatever the non-commercial version of paywall is choices. <laughs> sure. Um, but they, they put experience requirements on what should be like organic role playing. So mm. I would say like, even though it's, it, it would probably be most strategic to like adhere to either Paragon or Renegade. I think the game is the most fun and Shepard is the most interesting when you are a mix of the two and nine times out of 10, you will probably gravitate towards one over the other, in which case you will have, high enough points for 90% of the decisions. And I do think that there are some cases where not being able to fix everything is more interesting. I totally Mm -hmm. agree. I think that you will benefit, you will have a better time overall for your first playthrough, just being AJ, you know, being being Mm -hmm. AJ Shepard, you know, just (laughs) be yourself. Stephen High Shepard. Yeah, Yeah, my my MO usually because I I think in the case of bonus episodes for Into the Aether, generally speaking, it it is a little like asynchronous adjacent 
in a sense, mm. in that usually very frequently it's me playing one of Steven's favorite games of all time that I haven't played. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and my move usually is to try and adhere as closely as possible to what it was like to play that game when it came out, because I, I want to experience mm. it on its own terms in terms of like when it was released and what it was released alongside, but also try and acknowledge the fact that like I'm playing it in whatever X year. So in this case, 2022. Um, and in the case of Mass Effect, it was 2021 and played alongside those things, which means that you can't ignore the fact that there are like fully complete feature rich guides that you can follow in the event that you do bump up against something that feels like it might have been a little bit troubling in terms of game design at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so in the case of Mass Effect, I think the game being so open and allowing for so much player choice and player decision means that it is best to just play it like completely at your own pace in completely the way you want to. Yeah. Um, I, I think in certain instances, like Steven's advice to just like listen to everything Rex does in terms of my advice to say like you should probably check out Bring Down the Sky because I think it's an interesting story. Mm -hmm. um, that's almost just like watching a TV show and telling you like don't skip these episodes in a sense. Right. But for the most part with Mass Effect I would just recommend like play it exactly the way people played it at the time which is they had no idea what their choices meant. They had no idea what sure. choosing Paragon or Renegade would mean or would prevent them from experiencing. Just be true to yourself in a sense because truly like at the end of the day when you're done with mass effect and eventually you move on to play two and three potentially if you like the first one enough when you're done with three you will immediately want to start again and play the exact opposite way you played the first time which is at least mm. my experience as soon as we were yeah. done playing legendary edition i was like i cannot wait to play as male shepherd and do complete renegade run because i was so <laughs> paragon the whole time okay and i think that that will be a rewarding experience whenever i get to it which honestly my plan was to play mass effect one again alongside you for the podcast wow. uh, so, so that's my hope is to do male ship. I might do the same. Yeah. yeah. Re Renegade run uh, for Mass Effect wow. 1 alongside this podcast. But I, I think just like play it exactly the way you would have in 2007. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's going to pay off for you. Got it. Yeah. To that end, when it comes to those three story missions that you can kind of do in whatever order, I think uh, there's there's sort of like a natural like stopping point before those missions that will, you know, be their own episodes and then we can <laughs> kind of dive in and... Okay. I think it's going to be your call which ones you want to do first. So okay. that'll be really fun. Yeah. What's the plan um, for the show? Like, are you, is, is the plan to like have AJ kind of dictate what's going to happen episode to episode in this sense, because you're replaying the games? I, I think so. So there's definitely some things like, especially in the beginning um, and AJ sort of know this already mm. to the extent that you remember from your first playthrough, but like there's, there's kind of like an, an opening tutorial ish mission. And then there is time on the Citadel where it, it kind of it's sort of the call to action, if you will, for for what the rest of the game is going to be. Um, and then you get those three story missions. And so I think that that beginning chunk is probably like one to two episodes. I'm not entirely sure because the, the Citadel chunk can be kind of long. Sure. Especially if you love photo mode like I do. Mm. <laughs> great, great fun with photo mode. I definitively don't actually. In, in the Forza, in Forza, when you have the photo missions, I will drive to until it's like, okay, you can take a picture, not stop the car, go into photo mode, take a picture of whatever <laughs> the camera's facing, and then just continue to drive. <laughs> I because, actually did the same thing for those missions. I, I, yeah. find, I think photo mode in Forza is incredible, but not sure. specifically when they're instructing me to do it. That's very renegade of you, AJ. <laughs> I got the results. What else do you want? <laughs> yeah. 
I think that's exciting, though. I, I think I think, Kim, you're going to have one of the most interesting Mass Effect experiences of all time, because <laughs> in that sense, you will be experiencing AJ Shepard, which like how often are you following somebody else's playthrough of Mass wow. Effect? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's going to it's going to be fun. Um, and I I'm excited to see it through your eyes because I'm hoping what will happen is that I'm going to make decisions I ordinarily would not have made mm. a because you know like your first playthrough you're kind of just like making the decisions you think you would make and then the second time you're like well i'm just gonna do all of renegade and so mm. i'm interested to see if if this breaks me out of both of those molds as i as i'm playing through mm. i'll give you another uh not caveat but it's like another take on one if it's a worry of yours aj sure that the alignment system i think is much better interpreted in two and three okay. in one renegade tends to lean a little bit like i'm gonna piss on your shoes mister <laughs> and it's like it. you know it's a little bit it's a little bit like evil but it, ideally they're supposed to be kind of reflections sure. of each other or like like shepherd's supposed to be heroic in some capacity right so renegade is more like I think the developers use the term like Captain Picard for Paragon and um, the protagonist of 24 for Renegade, where it's like oh, one Jack is like, Bauer. yes, yeah, so Jack Bowser, Jack Bowser, <laughs> oh. Bowser or Mario. Um, so anyway, that's all I have to say. Thank okay. you for your time. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Woo-hoo! Maybe I'll make my shepherd look like Jack Bauer and I'll just play 24. St- well, I'll just play Mass Effect starring Kiefer Sutherland. I think I think that's a great idea for a second playthrough. I think you're going to make Jack. Yeah, actually, I think I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the hot tip, AJ. In the Discord, a lot of us have been trying to figure out what a groovy run is. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. There's those awesome powers in Mass Effect videos. <laughs> so groovy is the unofficial third alignment. Amazing. I tried. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. She- shepherd does not talk the way Austin. Powers would. That, yeah, I think <laughs> Mel Shepard's voice is maybe the least groovy like performance. It's like I'm down to dance. Like, yeah, yeah like, it's very I, straightforward. I figured out the way to to make Mel Shepard's voice acting make sense and not just be totally weird and wooden, and that's to play Mel Shepard as just a complete idiot, um, just total total himbo. It it works mm. like creepily well. It's it's really highly recommend doing a himbo run that's good to know see i'm learning something that's helpful <laughs> yeah thank you i think uh, my interpretation is that he was just exhausted like he was just like, completely <laughs> wiped out the whole time and that my shepherd looked kind of tired and he always wore a hoodie so i just imagine he was like oh my god running on like three cups of coffee and like no sleep at all time. i mean it tracks for yeah. sure <laughs> he does, I, I do think it's a good vocal performance especially later on but in one it's a little bit like default protagonist whereas jennifer hale i think puts a little bit more character mm-hmm. into femship mm-hmm. yeah that's i was I, i've been leaning femship because i did uh m byleth for three houses so i was like oh, okay let's just yeah switch yeah i, I would say i, I would say Femshep is the better performance, but I have a soft spot for for male Shep just because sure. I do kind of love the Oblivion deadpan. <laughs> <laughs> One question I did have that I I'm like a hundred percent sure the answer is going to be follow your heart. Um, <laughs> who do I kiss in this game? Oh my god! In you my opinion, op- there is a correct answer. But- you just started a new podcast. <laughs> 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 so here's the thing. Yeah. In this game. It's very easy because you're only going to have two options. Oh, it is in later games that you you get sort of the full like panoply of of squad mates to smooch. And it uh, it becomes a very difficult 
I well, for some people, not for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am a Garrus stan all the way. I with yes. a side of Thane, but that's like, do you want to ruin your entire life? Uh, do you just want to be sad forever? <laughs> then do a Thane, uh, a Thane smooch. Goth king. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in this game, there will be two options available to you. I don't know if you want to know what they are. I do not. No. If there's yeah. only two, I definitely don't want to know. I'll, I'll, can, I, can I tell them who isn't? Because I feel like that was actually. <laughs> That's probably, yeah. It might, it might help you frame your decision a little bit. Sure. So, well, you know what? I'll say there are two I would characters. say if you say who isn't, then it'll be easy to extrapolate who is. But what, what I will say, and I won't say who, but there are a couple characters who aren't in one that are in two. So if like. You find uh, that your heart settles for someone who is not reciprocating your repeated dialogue options on the Normandy. In two, they will likely be an option. Interesting. Um, yeah. I actually do uh, uh, like not mechanically, but like, OK, so comparing it to three houses, like the higher you get your support level, the more of a character story you unlock. Is it like that? It's not as um, opaque in that sense. Like you're not you're you're not going to no based on like a meter that you can check in a menu yeah i would say like every character has like their if they're you know in the game they have like their scenes that play out in their story but the the tenor of the scenes will be very different the dialogue will be different yeah and okay. there are unique scenes that unlock if you're a couple okay. Um, okay okay so like you'll get a few extra scenes and it will also influence like how the characters talk to each other also if you end up breaking up with someone that same thing so Whoa. like breaking up, we can say that you can yeah. break up. Yeah, you might have to because in one, there are a lot of characters who will think you're dating before you have any. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, it's it's literally just how often you talk to them. Basically, okay. it's like okay. you at some point you will unlock mm. the conversation where if you pick the right options, they'll be like, "Oh, we're dating now." Um, yeah. So, which I I think you'll get there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I. I I, I think it's just going to be, especially in this one, just sort of see what happens. Sure. It's a game and, time uh, decision. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll say for uh, me, though, I, I actually did know who was romanceable before I went into the game. Um, and it was very helpful to know that the person that I was most interested in was not romanceable in the first one. So I just held off on romance in the first yeah, game. I was going to say, is there um, a way to not end up with someone? Yes. Okay. There yeah. is. OK. I do think it gets like if you I love mess. So for me, <laughs> get, getting to two and having somebody be like, wait, you're with you're with this guy now was really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, So it it could be fun, like to set up the drama. But if you're really just not feeling it, like you can absolutely just be like, eh, sure. no, nobody. Yeah. Um, And, you know, save yourself for for a future lover. I do think, though, that some of the romance stories are better than others mm. but i i would say overall like if a character is interesting to you they will probably have a good story like yeah the ones that don't are the ones that you're probably not going to go for to okay. be honest like you know they're like boring like humans essentially <laughs> <laughs> there are some humans who are not boring who have great romances right. but the boring humans i think do not got so. it I mean, I, I'm looking at this through a three houses lens because that's the only lens I have, I guess. In three houses, I talked to everyone all the time. Should I do that in Mass Effect as well? Oh, yeah. Or yeah, should, yeah. You're okay. not going to accidentally date everyone unless okay. maybe in one. But like <laughs> if you don't want to okay. date someone, just be abundantly rude. Just to prevent it. From <laughs> okay. 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 Table. Yeah. Okay. Just like in real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to everyone, but be rude to the people that you don't know. Like. You will. That's that's that is the joy of Mass Effect is like spending like literal hours just talking yeah. to everyone about everything. And another thing that I think two really improves from one is that like a lot of the conversations in one are just like 
on the Normandy at least are like shot reverse shot. Like, hmm. and it doesn't, it's not an issue, but when you get to two, like every dialogue scene is like filmed in a way that like benefits the scene. Oh, so like, cool. It's, it's way more, it's well-directed. And I think that's what two does so well, specifically in the trilogy is like everything in two feels like it's integral, even if it's just something you sought out on your own. Okay. So if, if you feel like these conversations are cool, but they're a little static, that will improve later in the trilogy. Yeah. Okay. And, I, and I'll say, I mean, as with every game I play, it usually <laughs> takes me an extra five to 10 hours to beat it. And uh, <laughs> that was the case in all three Mass Effect games specifically, because I felt that I needed to talk to everybody. And I found that to be super, super super rewarding to go sure. back and like see what has changed in between missions, see how every character feels about every mission and my choices on that mission. All of that is, I think, integral to what Mass Effect is and mm. will reward you later in future games as things play. I'm trying to say nothing, but as <laughs> things continue to play out, I Got think it. forging those relationships, even if like the game isn't tracking those relationships, you personally, AJ, feeling any way about like small tertiary characters who very infrequently change up the dialogue, but every time they do, it's like, oh, wow, I know a little bit more about this person. Mm. That will be rewarding in future experiences. So I, <laughs> I, I think taking that time is definitely, definitely worthwhile. Cool. And I think also that is one of the ways that the game really successfully feeds you information about the world mm. um, is talking to characters about you know their race and their lifestyle and how they mm. live and it's just very well done the way that it's kind of folded in it does sometimes cool. feel like you're like interrogating the character like where are you from what do you do yeah. there like it's a little bit <laughs> tell me more about the rachni yeah, I, I think the, bit, yeah. the dialogue trees get a lot more natural in a very impressive way in two and three but it's mm. still really rewarding to have the conversations in in one cool yeah and they poke fun at the like because in one originally the elevators were the loading times so like to mask the loading times the characters would just like give you lore about Whoa. their planet on the elevator <laughs> and, and later games garris will, or other characters will like joke about like do you want to uh kill the time by sharing hot facts about our planets <laughs> uh it's very that. it's very good that's yeah. good that's great yeah cool i'm i am so excited to see a, what alignment you end up uh, gravitating towards, yeah. and B, who you end up romancing, if you romance anyone. Yeah. Because uh, those are, as as shallow as it might sound, I feel like that does really inform the story in meaningful ways. Because it you're essentially deciding like who amongst the supporting cast is going to be a main character alongside Shepard. Oh, uh, okay. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's interesting. So, so not all the supporting characters are like, I don't want to say they're not story important, but like... They all are, but again, it just, it's good. Not that they're going to like not they're not going to get a smaller role, but they're going to get a more meaningful role for you. Right. Right. Yes. Right. OK. OK. If, right. A, if a character has a dialogue scene, that's not just like you walk by and you press the interact button and they just like say a line, but it doesn't zoom into their face like it's yeah. uh, an Elder Scrolls game. Um, <laughs> that means there is probably some narrative import to their existence essentially okay cool yeah and even some of the people that don't have any scenes have narrative import so honestly just interact with everybody yeah. that's that's the short answer to this yes yeah. i i have a weird investment in engineer adams that i can't explain yes like, whenever oh, i see adams, i'm like hell yeah engineer adams i have more pictures of the chef than i do of any character <laughs> amazing wow amazing he's got a wild look and he loves to cook I love that rhyme. I will say uh, just just to name names, just for the three of us, uh, I feel like Doctor Shakwas is like the Incredible. queen of tertiary characters that deserved more. Yes, <laughs> uh, I think you'll love her too, AJ. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. 
But uh, anyway, it's going to be a good time. I yeah. think you're going to like it. They're fun games. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, that's pretty much all I had uh, in mind to, to learn before going into the game. So, I mean, if y'all have any other stuff you want to throw at me, but the thing is, I feel like I want to talk with you all about Mass Effect all day. Yeah. But I also don't want to, I don't want to like inadvertently harm your experience by sure. saying too much. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel AJ like we've, has to play we've been first. purposely vague <laughs> about who, like, yeah. you know, there are so many things we want to share with you, but yeah. we can't. Yet. I'll just yeah. leave. And then the three of you can kind of commiserate. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> No, uh, on a podcast called Synchronous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we played these games when we were supposed to. Damn it. I got this game day one and I played it that night. <laughs> Thanks, Titus. <laughs> yeah. I'll keep slipping into Titus for some reason. Um, uh, anyway, amazing. looking forward to the Final Fantasy X uh, Asynchronous. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like I said, I mean, I'm I'm good. Kim, did you have anything else that you want to do? Uh, uh, we we really covered everything that I I was planning to bring up. So. Amazing, hell yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing episodic crew rankings. I don't know if you're going to do that the same Probably. way you did Three Houses. Yes, I imagine. I, yeah. I think we are uh, going to. Yeah, that's going to be exhilarating. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> yeah it's going to be really fun. So I think I think it will change obviously as the trilogy progresses, but I'm really excited to see like the raw takes on <laughs> on the freshman cast. Oh yeah, you know? amazing. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for it. I'm very excited for this little for this season. Um, Brendan, Stephen, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about Mass Effect, the video game. Yeah, thanks guys. Thanks uh, for having me and Stephen. <laughs> Are we connected? Are we like jumping together? <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. This is, this has been so fun. This one thanks you for having <laughs> us. Uh, when this episode comes out, we will st- we will still have our Discord, but we will slowly over the course of the next couple of weeks be transitioning everything over into the worst garbage online Discord. That link will be in the show notes. Uh, we will have a channel there to talk about the episode. We'll have there's already a Mass Effect channel if you are ahead of us uh, or I guess ahead of me uh, and you want to talk about the video game. So thank you yeah. f- also for, for having us on the network. I'm very excited about that. Oh, of course. Yeah, I was going to say with the Mass Effect channel, people yeah. are really good about spoilers, but you'll see like, it looks like like tax sensitive documents, just like <laughs> redacted text yeah. for pages and pages. Amazing. But it's a very active channel, but also very spoiler free if you're looking, unless you can, if you struggle to resist the temptation for clicking on the redacted bars, like that me. is a thing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's why I have all those channels muted. I could see a situation in which we revisit how that channel is structured also or mm-hmm. add new channels or something. Yeah. Let it, give us feedback on that. Cause I think the yeah. discord is a constant work in progress. So yeah. we'll, we'll make it work for all of you. Yeah. If, if you find that just having a general mass effect channel with all the history that it currently has is maybe hard to follow for this yeah. show, let us know and we can figure something out. Cool. cool. Wow. Right. Housekeeping on our show. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I also do just want to say, because uh, we neglected to say it through the entire first season, thank you so much to uh, Amaranthin for writing the show music. Thank you so much to Scout for making our, our art. Yeah, thanks, Their guys. links as have always been in the show notes, but I feel like I need to bring them, bring it up here. Follow them, pay them money to do make art for you. Both extremely good at what they do, and we really appreciate their contribution to the show. Hell yeah. We'll be back next week with some part of Mass Effect. I'm so excited. Yeah. One and a half hours of character creation. I played the first 20 minutes. It fucking sucks. (laughs) 
Yeah, we're only going to be talking about how uh, big or small you can make Shepard's nose. So I hope you're excited for that. <laughs> Pretty much. Kim, I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you have any quotes for us <laughs> to take oh, us out? Fuck. Um, you know what? This is going to make sense to you uh, soon. Okay. Uh, I'm excited to embrace eternity together, AJ. <gasps> wow. Thanks. Wow. That's a good one. That's nice even without the context. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Farewell. PWG, the worst garbage, the online.